Big one, 007. Good evening. We assume it's Japan. Welcome to Japan, Mr. Bond. And... Welcome back to Half-Ass Movie Reviews. My name is John. Sorry, I was drinking water. My name is Matt. Yep. And on this week's episode of Half-Ass Movie Reviews, we're back to doing our James Bond reviews. And we're up to You Only Live Twice, which mm. is not true. You only no. live once. Unless you're a cat. They have nine lives. Yep, that's a fact. And we're eating pizza rolls today for this week's episode. Oh, my God. Not yet. So one hit. You could just put the whole thing in your mouth is what you're saying? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I You're <feel> not. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to change for you. No, I'm not going to put on airs. The pizza roll shouldn't touch the palm of your hand. I get that. So it's just like... It's and both. it's one hand. Now, I know you're, you're... It doesn't need to touch the other hand. <laughs> but anyway, we're here today to talk about You Only Live Twice. This is directed by Lewis Gilbert, who would later go on to direct two more Roger Moore 007 James Bond movies. And this film was also written by Roald Dahl. Do you know who that is? No. Which I, I thought was strange, because this is the same guy who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. And he wrote the BFG, a bunch of like James and the Giant Peach, a bunch of kids' books. I've seen that. Yeah, so he wrote that. It's weird that he wrote a James Bond movie. Are you trying I to I think say I could. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, this one was... Uh, what did you think of this one, just off the top? Did you enjoy yourself? No, I haven't enjoyed myself yet. Yeah, it's the fifth Connery one, but this is our last Connery for a little while because next week we're moving on to George Lazenby's Your Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm very upset that I'm not enjoying myself here. I really thought that I would be able to get something out of these, and... You got to me. You had you had to have at least a couple of laughs with some of the stuff. I guess, best. but like overall, it's not my style of movie. Like, uh, it's I'm just not enjoying myself watching them. You know. Yeah, I get that. The I could think of a thousand other movies I'd rather watch. No, I understand. The action. You know? Yeah, that's I, it's just the problem I'm having, and the like a big problem with this one especially. Like, well, I think they've all pretty much been this way. I can't even comprehend what the hell's going on. Maybe just because I'm so bored out of my mind. And I'm just, I, I can't comprehend what I just watched for two hours. Yeah, this was an hour you know? 57. And so, just, and there was stuff I could cut. I'm going to revert to the, the plot on the Wikipedia page to kind of help me along this review because, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, the basic And plot. my girlfriend sat there with me and watched it with me in bed. And I was like, do you know what's going on? And she's like, no, not really. I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so it's not just me. Yeah, this one, the plot is basically that Spectre is back, and Spectre wants to start a war between the Soviet Union and the United States of America. And at the time, in 1967, we were both, both countries, or both, you know, the United States and Soviet Union were involved in the space race. We hadn't been to the moon yet. They were racing to see who was going to get there first, so space was on everyone's mind, and they decided to make a movie, basically, about that, except no one's bigger than Spectre. So Spectre's bigger than both of them, and they're just trying to start a war between the two of them. And that's the basic plot of this movie, because we open in this movie in space, mm. with the United States in space, and their ship gets eaten by one of Spectre's ships, which actually looked like a giant bullet to me. Uh, NASA spacecraft Jupiter-16 is hijacked from orbit by an unidentified spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the United States expects it will be the work of the Soviets. Yep, they don't ex they don't suspect Spectre at all, but the British intelligence, who is not involved in this at all, is like, well, 
We kind of believe this came from Japan. So we're gonna, we actually have one of our best guys down there right now. And he's down there, you know, he's putting on the show for one of these ladies again down there. And she tricks him, puts him in this like flip up bed, a couple mm -hmm. guys walk in and we believe shoot him to death. Right. That's not what happened. Were they blanks or? I'm a little confused on how they faked his death as well because there's blood. Right. Like what if somebody else went up to him and pressed his neck to see if he was alive or dead? You I know. was confused. Uh, Maybe uh, they swapped out a body. So that was all an act. Yes, that was all an act. I okay. believe the whole thing was a, a ruse. And then, you know, they actually, and I could never do this. This is what, you know, I, while we've been watching, I'm like, I can do most of the stuff that he's doing, mm -hmm. but I can never fake my death and be dropped to the bottom of the ocean with just that thing around me and like hoping that somebody comes to rescue me. That's a bit sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, because. Yeah, he, so they wrapped him up in that sheet. Yep. And they gave him a, uh, a, a soldier's funeral on the, I guess. Because he was a marine, maybe was the the thing. Cause the burial at sea. Or yeah, they dropped him in the sea, and then like, oh okay, we are supposed to believe that James Bond is dead. But no, they go down there, they rip him up out of the sea, and he's got this breathing apparatus on. Yep. And he still, because he's such a gentleman, he asked the captain. Request permission to come aboard, sir. Permission granted. He won't go on disrespectfully. Right, right, right. You know, because he is a gentleman. And um. Money Penny is there, right? Yeah, that was Money Penny. Right? Just sitting on the ship because they got to get them all there sometime. Like they send Q out again in this movie show. Off right. Over. It was just, they just moved her off. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna be on the submarine this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gotta so, get her in the movie. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, because all these movies—that's the big thing—is they're all just this week's adventure. They're just serials, which is like you know, what's James Bond got himself into? We swap out characters from previous movies. Some people carry over, some people don't. You know, like this week it's, and I really believe that this movie because at the time Bruce Lee was so big. You know, Japan. Like I don't, you know, back then it's not like now where we're all connected. Wherever you lived, you know, unless you lived in Japan, you might not know what Japan looked like in 1967. Right. Yeah. You know. So. I mean, I didn't. You know exactly. My dad, you told me that like when he was a kid and he'd watched like the Met games, as the Mets played on the West Coast of the United States, he couldn't find out if the Mets won or lost for two days later in the paper. Why? Just because the news traveled so slow in the seventies. But if you watched the game, well, he didn't. If he if they couldn't watch the game. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, maybe I misspoke, but like, yeah, he wouldn't find out for a couple like, days. What did they just cut cut the feed at the last? Uh I don't know how they even <laughs> did it. Like, everything was local back then. TV was still pretty new. Like, they had only four channels and everything. So, after uh, his little endeavor on the submarine, Bond attends a sumo match. Yes, the, right? which I, uh, they take it very seriously there in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, they kind of looked like Yokozuna a little bit. Mm hmm. Who was also not from Japan, was Samoan, but played a Japanese. Really? Yes. Huh, I would have never guessed. He's a cousin of the Rocks. Really? Yeah, he's part of that whole Samoan family. No shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. And was one of the Undertaker's best friends. And really? Yeah. Tragically died. Yokozuna's dead. Yokozuna's been dead since. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yep. Been how dead since. He, how? Well, cholesterol. I yeah, I was gonna say. Do you want to guess? Like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. Big Pun died the same way. I think in the same year. Shame. Yeah, it is a shame. I loved Yokozuna. So he's approached by a Japanese Secret Service agent, Aki. Yes. Who, or Akai. I was saying Aki as well. A-K-I. Yeah, Aki. It just sounds like it rolls off the tongue better. Well, yeah, so he gets approached by Aki, and basically she takes him to 
an MI6 agent who is living in Japan. He said he's been living there. I think his name was Henderson, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. He's been living there for, I think he said like 28 years, and he's just getting used to where everything is. And, you know, he's really taking it to the culture. He, he's enjoying it. You can see he lives in one of those Japanese pads. Mm -hmm. You know, he's wearing the robes and everything. Yep. And he invites James in and tells him, like, what the whole deal is, like, what he believes is going on, why he believes that Spectre is behind this and not actually the Soviet Union. Now, is this before or after we get the code word, I love you? Um, I believe this is before. I could be wrong on that, though. Because I think he has to say to Henderson, I love you. After the, the sumo event, like you said, he's at Henderson's pad. They start talking. Henderson starts to pour him a drink. Puts his back up against the wall and all of a sudden pauses and Bond realizes something is wrong. Yep. Unfortunately. So he, yeah, so he gets up and someone uh, put a knife through this little paper-thin little wall. Um, killed him immediately. Yeah, killed him immediately. I guess he got him in a good spot. Bond takes Chase after the killer. He gets him, mm -hmm. steals his clothes, and then pretends to be injured and gets in the car, the getaway car of the killer, and gets brought back to... Uh, I forget the name of the lab... Osada Chemicals. Yes. So he's at Osada Chemical. Well, he, he goes as far as to, I think, the guy carries him into the office and lays him down on the couch. Good evening. <gasps> yep. Right? Yeah. And then they have a little tussle in there. Bon uh, gets the cool. upper hand, kills him, hides him in the liquor cabinet, and what ha Oh, he opens the safe, sets off the alarm. Yep. Right? And then he makes a clean getaway for the most part, right? Pretty much he got out of there pretty unscathed, no one realizing he was even there. Which I actually thought that this whole thing was pretty awesome. And uh, they're in chase after him, if I'm correct. And then he's running outside. And is this when a key pulls up in that white car? Who she flees to a secluded subway station. So this is when they, uh, basically they get, she picks him up. And uh, they're shooting at the car still in that beautiful white car. I liked it. I think it might have been a Jaguar. That's what I thought, I a Jaguar. They, they used like exclusively Jaguars in the Bond series, right? Jaguars. Oh, Austin uh, Martins. Yeah, Austin later. Martins. Um, I believe that's it. Uh, there's some Porsches, because I'm pretty sure in Never Say Never. No, there was a DB5 in there. Uh, I don't know. I think I saw a Porsche. Maybe even a Lambo. I don't know. Foreign cars, he gets all the best. Mm. Uh, what happens in the subway station? I'm trying to remember. Is this one... Uh, but falls down a trap door yes. lead leading to the office of the head of the Japanese Secret Service, Tiger Tanaka. Yes. This is... Uh, so basically, she runs across, looks back at him, and then as he's walking across... And we see this a couple times in this movie. Trap door on the floor, he falls down, and now mm. he's talking to the Secret Service. Basically, this guy's giving him the whole rundown of what he believes is going on, and that confirms what Mr. Henderson, who is dead now, theory right. is correct, that yeah, it came from this location. We don't know what's going on there, but we believe this is where it came from. Mm, okay. And and I believe sometimes, so you, this is like you saw them walking around the office looking at footage and everything. Yeah, stolen documents are examined and found to include a photograph of the cargo ship Ning Pao, or Ning Pao with a microdot message saying the tourist who took the photo was killed as a security precaution. Yes, you know, it, it, and Bond even says, oh, because she accidentally took a photo, had to be killed. Minutes after, in, in movie time at least, he's back to at Osada Chemicals in uh, the office, but he's in disguise, I believe, right? Or they don't know what he looks like, maybe? No, they, this was before the Japanese yeah, makeover, he's, right? Yeah, he's not, <laughs> he's, not, uh, he's not training yet. They didn't do the, the Japanese makeover no, yet. No, yeah, so. that's going to be... Uh, what was his name? 
Osaka? Uh, no. Or the guy who was going to train him? No. Bond's name is... Yeah, this is the first time he uses a fake name. I think it was for... It started with an F. Um, Farmer, or... Forrester, or... I don't know. It was Franklin. It was with an F, though. Yeah, it doesn't say... Foreman, or something like that. Yeah, yeah well... Because they don't know who he is. They don't, because Bond's supposed to be dead. That's yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But he's in the office, he's having this meeting. Uh, what about, I don't remember, but I recall the... It was early in the morning, and she, uh, I guess the... She's not the Bond girl, right? So this is where I had a tough time, because they kind of switch, because... The white chick, yeah, well, with the you, red hair. Yeah, well, the, I thought Aki was going to be the Bond girl, and then, as we know, she ends up dying. Mm-hmm. And then he has to have that fake marriage with that other girl that replaces her who at the end. That, but that's the that she's also Asian. Yes. But I'm talking about the 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 chick with the red hair, the white chick. That's yes. This, like the secretary or servant of of the Mr. Otto, yeah. or whatever. So she offers him uh, wine and Dom Perignon at like 10 a.m. He's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. he he declined. Because he knew there was a body in the liquor cabinet, and like when she opened it, he looked and noticed the body was gone. He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I think they're on to me, or or they know, or whatever." Yeah, they are pretty smart because, um, as it would be later revealed, this guy was uh, working with Spectre, right? One thing with the plot of this one, I could see like the basic premise of it is pretty simple, but there's a lot of bouncing around and <coughs> introducing characters without like actually. You know, explaining who they are. Yeah, I had a very tough time with this one. So, Osada humors Bond, but after their meeting, orders his secretary, Helga Brandt, to have him killed. Yep, as soon as he walks out of the room, he's like, kill him. Both are Spectre agents. Outside the building, assassins open fire on Bond before Aki rescues him again. Yes, Aki again comes through in the clutch because he's almost killed again. So I was having a hard time who was Aki loyal to. Like, she seemed like she was loyal to herself, but... Mm. I don't know, like, you know, that's why I felt like she was the Bond girl, because in the end, you know, they, the night that they end up making love, or making a whoopee, uh... Whoopee? She, <laughs> she gets poisoned to death. Who calls it whoopee? I just felt like it, because I heard it in a movie, and it's funny. <laughs> I would never call it that. <laughs> I don't think they ever in the movie outright say that he's having sex. I think they're just saying, like, <laughs> you know, like, we know what he's about to do. Like, I don't think they have... Because these movies, I'm pretty sure, are related PG. No, Whoopi. Where'd you get that from? I just heard it. You never heard them ever refer to making Whoopi? No, I thought it was, like, maybe a fart, maybe. But I wouldn't say... Well, that would make more sense, Whoopi Cushion, but no. <clears throat> Bob lives a dangerous life, man. The fact that he almost gets killed on a daily basis, fakes his That's own... his job. I mean, yeah. How much you think? They gotta pay him well, right? I, mean... I would assume. Bond and Aki drive to Kobe... Uh, where the Ning Pao is docked, oh, so maybe it's a that's where the boat is that they saw on camera. Right. Okay. Which they blink think will lead them to Spectre. They investigate the company's dock facilities and discover that the ship was delivering elements for rocket fuel. They are discovered, but Bond eludes the henchmen until a key gets away. All right. So that's when. Yeah. Okay. However, Bond is captured. Yes. So this is when like he gets tied to the chair. Yeah. So he wakes up. Tied in Brandt's cabin on the Ning Pao ship, Brandt interrogates Bond before seducing him. I've got you now. Well, enjoy yourself. Brandt, Brandt <laughs> flies Bond to Tokyo the next day, but in route, she sets off a flare in the plane, seals Bond in his seat, and bails out. Bond yep. lands the plane and flees before it explodes. Yep. Now, this is actually... <laughs> it was funny because I was noticing... 
they're cutting to plane shots and it's far away enough and then they would cut to the inside of the plane and you could just see that they're just sitting on a soundstage with the fucking shit flying by them on the side. Which that's, that's all of the like vehicle scenes. And always. They, and, yeah, they, they love the green screen. I don't, well, it's not it even that, a, was it, it that hard to just put a camera in a car? In a car? Probably back then, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I've seen pictures of like what they had to do, the mechanisms they had to set up. You gotta figure, like, this is early, early technology. I guess. And you know they use them because even later in the movie when they get the spaceships and stuff, clearly are just miniatures. Like mm. on in front of like the yeah. one was bad. Like when it was going into the actual top of the volcano, I was like, yeah, that that looks like it's in front of a curtain. Star, Star Wars really figured it out though. <laughs> yeah, well that's they that's why they, they give Star Wars all that credit because they changed it. Yeah, they made it like before that everything was moving very slow and mm. it was hard to shoot at all. That's industrial lights and magic. Thank God for George Lucas. Yeah, that's probably his biggest contribution to the world. I mean, he made Star Wars. The guy is fucking... He'll always... Yeah. He really... When you create a franchise like that, you're pretty damn fucking lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll get that. I don't either. Yeah, no. After finding out where the Ning Pao unloaded, Bond flies over the area in a heavily armed... Auto gyro created this is, by Q. Yeah, yes. He gets that little... He gets a little prop plane that he's like... Uh, comes in a bunch of packages and mm-hmm. they put it together pretty damn fast. Yep. Uh, would you get in this plane? Because, first of all... Maybe. Just, I would not. That thing is literally like stuck together with duct tape and gum. Like no, they just. No, I mean, it's no. a prop... It was built well. It's just... You know, it's like a put 60s to- yeah it's a put together plane i get that I, I mean people do buy dummy planes like that that it's you- not a dummy plane it was a single seater like like the game pilot wings it was kind of like that yeah but this one was all tricked up with guns and yeah, you, you know, know rockets and stuff like that the bells and whistles yeah and which leads into the sequence where he's flying over everywhere he can't find nothing over the volcano yeah he doesn't he doesn't realize that uh, Blofeld's lair and Spectre's lair is underneath that yet, so he's flying, but then he gets intercepted, I believe, and gets into a shootout with a bunch of other Bond planes. is attacked by and defeats four helicopters, confirming his suspicions of a nearby base. A Soviet spacecraft is captured in orbit by another identified craft. This is where craft. they believe that now that the United States took that one. Right. Heightening tension with the United States. The mysterious spaceship lands in an extensive base hidden inside the volcano, operated by Ernst Stravo Blofeld of Spectre. Blofeld, played by Donald Pleasance. What did you think of him in this? Were you at Dr. least Dr. Ex- Sam Loomis? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was excited to see a familiar face. That's Dr. Loomis to me. So oh yeah, I mean that's uh, I, I think that's a better role. However. There's more to that role because I mean, not that Blofeld isn't a big character. He speak. He never raises his voice. He speaks mm. at the same volume the whole time. This organization does not tolerate failure. I know, but these. He, but man, when we first meet him, he's petting the cat and he introduces himself, and the chair is exactly like the chair in the first Austin Powers. Yeah. And the clothes he's wearing are just like Doctor Evil's. He's even got the scar like on the yeah. one side of his face. That. This movie, again, all these Connery movies keep adding to, like, my love for Austin Powers because I, now I'm kind of seeing where they're getting it from. So this was the movie where he gets uh, washed by all, all the women in the 
in the uh, whatchamacallit. I guess it's a bathhouse, right? That's yeah, I get. And uh, they and she goes in Japan, men come first. Yeah. But in Austin Powers, they added, <laughs> and women come second. And then Austin goes, well, sometimes not they don't, at all. Sometimes not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you could tell that they must have been watching. I mean, he's literally in an underground volcanic lair. Right. Like, you know, yeah. It's right out of freaking. Well, Austin Powers took it right out of this. I mean, even the lair. Like I'm looking around at the stuff. I'm like. You know, somebody had to come in here and do all this work. Like, you know, like, he's got design. He's like, he's got, he had to hire people to, like, no, design the Spectre design on it. And like, yeah. The secret underground lair. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Nobody, uh... <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever brought that up. That, like, oh, you know, I, I was uh, working on this volcano. It's a hidden volcano. <laughs> Just like uh, Randall talks about in Clerks, about all the, the contractors on the desktop. Yeah. <laughs> It just, I'm watching it because Austin Powers made fun of that, but, like, they really didn't under-exaggerate how ridiculous it is that they have all these, you know, he's had, like, it's a beautiful, well-designed, the architect should be proud of what he did, the work he did on that. Yeah. You know? So, he does get introduced, and he realizes he's James Bond right away. We find out that Blofeld was hired by a great power to start the Soviet War. You know how much money they charged for that? Actually, a lot, right? No, it was, I mean, it was a lot for the time. It was only $100 million to start a war between the United States and the Soviet Union. It's still kind of a lot of money to me. I don't have that kind of money laying around. Yeah, but they're, they want to be the biggest world power specter. $100 million laying around. I don't have $100 So Blofeld summons Asado and Brandt to his quarters for not having killed Bond. Asado mm-hmm. blames Brandt. And as she leaves, Blofeld drops her to her death in that pool filled of piranha. Yeah, which, how did you not know that's what he was going to do? <laughs> I don't know. But I guess, on the other hand, I mean, what other choice do you have? He's gonna, he'll just... Well, that's where we get the mutated sea bass. Yes. Out of uh, Austin Powers. Yep, we still haven't seen his face yet at this point in the movie. He just puts, pushes the button, she falls, and the other guy's probably like, oh, thank God, it's not me. And, of course, he doesn't go look for another job. He's just like, oh, you know, bad day at the office. Blofeld then orders Asado to kill Bond, and he says, yes, yes, and runs out of the office. Yeah, like it's going to be that simple. <laughs> right. So in Kyoto, Bond prepares to conduct a closer, investiga- a closer investigation of the island by training with Tanaka's ninjas and donning... A- and donning a Japanese disguise. Yes, this now, is where... this is where I was like, no shit. I yeah. can't believe they did that. Like, it, it, it yeah. doesn't even look close to... <laughs> like, there was no point. No, there was no point. I you mean, know, I don't put, know who like, was going to fall for that. Like <laughs> They put on, like, the eyes and a Japanese hair wig, and they just said, all right, you're Asian now. But, like... I, I didn't see that. Like, no, I, I like, don't that think... That just looks like Connery with a bad haircut. Bad haircut. <laughs> no, it did not work at all. I don't know what they were thinking. They put the robe on him, and he just looks so out of place. Oh, yeah. And then the training sequences, which are, you know, clearly inspired by kung fu movies of the time. Bruce Lee films, like all the mm. hard zooms in, the hard zoom outs, mm. uh, the, you know, the action shots, and... Again, like, it's just like he's going to adapt and learn. And, like, now he's a member of this group because as we keep going. <laughs> a key is in it inadvertently poisoned to death by Spectre, by an Spectre assassin targeting Bond. Mm-hmm. And he is introduced to Tanaka's student, Kissy Suzuki, who will perform the role of his wife. Yep, because now that, you know, unfortunately, a key has died, who he seems to be developing quite a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she died really because of him. So he moves on very quick, acting on Kissy's lead. The pair re, hmm, 
That's a new word. Recon. Reconnaissance? Reconnaissance? No, I, that I would get. He can't even read. Well, they do go on reconnaissance. They pretend to be married. They start walking them out. Reconnaissance? They're on a reconnaissance mission. That's a reconnaissance? That's yeah. a word? I don't know. That's what you're looking at there. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I can't see it from here. I only see... I don't even see anything from here. I see words on a screen and a couple pictures. Yeah, but I'm saying if I brought it close to you, I don't know if you'd be able to... Well, anyway, they're just out there exploring the hills and the mountains and everything. They're out there on a pretty... Uh, looks like a pretty damn heavy hike, if I'm correct. He's in a bikini. Yes. And he's walking around uh, just in regular clothes. He's a bit sweaty. Yeah, he's... Well, no, he had that, like, gray jumpsuit on right? well he ends up later on because that's what they wear too when they all come yeah, and that's Those, stupid uh, just... the mask right <laughs> <laughs> i thought the same thing it looked like like a sweatshirt sleeve just <laughs> cut out a hole cut out i didn't think that he looked flattering at all just wearing the all gray like when he looked old actually when he started swinging around with them and he's just wearing the gray like t-shirt and gray pants yeah i was like oh connery's showing his age and then i was thinking to myself it's 1967 i'm like oh man he's only a couple years older than matt here so fucking i really don't like this movie <laughs> but uh, da, 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 where are we so, well isn't this around the time when they discover the lair right yeah so we're establishing establishing that the mouth of the volcano is disguised is a disguised hatch to the secret rocket base bond slips in while kissy goes to alert tanaka yeah he sends her away and he figures out because they he i don't know how they didn't fucking notice the thing landing there the whole time like it was five feet away from him but they're like stepping on it. he's like oh shit like it, it, they really drag this part of the movie out of him figuring it out and then he mm. he does kind of i didn't know i was actually surprised he was able to do this but he does he sends her on her way to go get some help in her bikini and he goes down into the lair and he's sneaking around he's taking oh. out some people as he's going um i think he changed he's wearing this like matt was saying the stupid clothes and we get to see again we get a good look at this lair it's one of the most beautiful layers it's one of my favorites in all the bond films well while he's in there he locates and rescues the american and soviet astronauts mm -hmm. and with their help steals a space suit to infiltrate the specter spacecraft bird one yep that's the ship that they're using to yeah, shoot. Yeah, that didn't the, go too well, though. No, that's the ship that they're using to go count, you know, to go kidnap the ships because the United States is going to be launching another, I guess, another Jupiter uh, flight thing. You know, it's like the Apollo ships back then. So the other one was Jupiter 16. It's probably Jupiter 17. And they were launching it that night, and they said, if anything happens, that's it. We're attacking the Soviets. So. Yeah. So Blowfield spots Bond, and he's detained while Bird 1 is launched. Bond is taken into the control room where he meets Blofeld, who kills Asada to demonstrate the price of failure. And this is one thing, like, <laughs> Blofeld had so many chances to kill Bond, and I guess that's what Austin Powers is always making fun of. Is yeah. like, like <laughs> you, uh, you, shot, uh, you shot the guy who was there to kill Bond, and you decide, okay, I'm going to walk with Bond for a little, a few more feet because he gets in his little fucking... The guy also has a tram in his fucking lair. Yeah. So he gets on his tram and he has the gun. He's like, goodbye, Mr. Bond. And then that's when the what's-her-name sneaks up behind and I guess shoots the gun out of his hand or attacks him. And he gets onto the tram and he goes away while... Because all the other people got there with the girl in the bikini who did put a dress on. I did make sure of that. Oh, they, she did. They let her slip into a dress okay. over her bikini. But all, everybody, they got there fast, by the way. I don't know how far away the base was with all the uh, other ninjas. Mm. But they got there pretty damn quick, and they infiltrated it. They're fighting, and 
through this time, you know, Blofeld's on his way, and pretty much they abort the mission. Right. That's what yeah. this comes so down to. Bird One closes in on an American space capsule, and the U.S. forces prepare to launch a nuclear attack on the USSR. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, Tanaka's ninjas approach the base entrance, but are detected and fired upon. Bond distracts Blofeld and lets in the ninjas. During the battle, Tanaka saves Bond by disarming Blofeld with his sh with his shuriken. Shuriken? I don't know what that is. Maybe a sword. Jesus Christ! Or a stick. Uh, Bond fights his way to the control room, tosses Blofeld's bodyguard Hans into the piranha pool. Yes, he does. And activates Bird One's self-destruct before it reaches the American craft. Thank God they put a self-destruct on there, right? Yeah. I know. Like, you know. Wouldn't be complete without no. one. No. I'm surprised that they didn't start putting those in cars. Like, you know, like, yeah. oh, shit, this one's really fucking not going to work out today. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was. It was just underneath. The, it was a big red button, like that fucking movie trope that we have all seen. So cliche. He pops it open. He's like, oh, shit, got a red button. And he slams Bang, it. Bang. Blows up. Saves the day. Yep. As the Americans stand down their forces, blow Blofeld activates the base's self-destruct system yep. and escapes. Yes, he does. Uh, Bond, Kissy, Tanaka, and the surviving ninjas leave before the eruption destroys the base and are picked up by a Japanese maritime forces and the British Secret Service. Yes, That's when they all swim out. They drop the helicopters, drop all those rafts. The family into rafts the water. again. Second Bond movie to end with a bunch of family rafts. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the Whitewater Rapids. And uh, they all climb in there and... Uh, that's that's pretty much how we. Uh, that's end how it movie. ends. That yep. is how it ends. So you didn't enjoy this one. No, 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 no. No, I. This was a mixed one for me. I, I actually did enjoy it because it was pretty over the top. It's definitely the worst one since Doctor No for me. Over the top, huh? Well, over the top plot-wise and story-wise, like a lot of this stuff became a little unrealistic in this one. Um, again, I think the pacing, there was plenty of areas to cut, um, very much in the second act. When he's in Japan, he spends a lot of time there and just kind of rinse and repeating, like, you know, infiltrate, escape, infiltrate, escape, you know? Yeah, it just, I really, there's, there hasn't really been too much out of, what did we watch, five movies already? Yeah. Out of the five, I can't really think of anything that I, I'm taking out of it that I enjoyed. You're not even enjoying him, like, uh, the way he's talking? Like, I love what, listening to Connery nah, talk. I'm just, I'm just really not a fan of Sean Connery Bond movies. I'm wondering how you'll feel about George Lazenby in his one movie. Now, if I'm correct, this movie is a little bit more serious, and actually it's like the first take of, like, what Timothy Dalton would do with his two movies and what Daniel Craig would do with his. Okay. So it's a little bit more serious before we go into Roger Moore, who just ups the cheese level to a thousand. Which I'm looking forward to because, like, you know, I'm I'm enjoying the Connery movies, but, you know, now, I'm looking forward to seeing what Roger Moore can do. Roger Moore, he's the one that has Jaws and... Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah. I think I'm going to like... He has, like, such villains as, like, in The Man in the Golden Gun. Christopher Walken plays one of his villains. Okay, yes. Uh, Christopher Lee, which is The Man in the Golden Gun. So, yeah, Roger Moore has a lot of cool villains, so... We will be taking a break from this for Sean Connery for, you know, On Your Majesty's Secret Service. The movie was a mega hit for James Bond. They would have obviously come back in 1969, two years later, with a new James Bond. But um, they kind of felt like Sean Connery, I guess, felt like he was getting too old for it, even though he would play this role two more times, once in 1983, which is a... That's a toughie. He was pretty old by then. A little too old to be James Bond. Mm. But let's hope that Matt enjoys next week's episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have a tough time with the next two, the, the last two. Um, and then once we get to Roger Moore, maybe I might not like even the first Roger Moore, and it might take me take him a movie to to get used to, warm up. I don't know. Or maybe I'll love it. Who knows? I don't know. So we'll see. It's the 70s, and you do like some 70s movies, so we'll yeah, definitely be a... Yeah, the 60s stuff is real tough for me. Oh, I get that. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Half-Assed Movie Reviews. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, search for us on all podcast services unless you're listening to that uh, unless you're listening to us on that already. If not, give us a five-star rating, and then after you're done doing all of that, I want you to go port to port and tell every single person you know about Let's Talk Entertainment and Media, and we'll be seeing you around. <laughs>